I appreciate that song one day at a time because that sums up really all the Lord asks from us. Most of our stress and worry and, and um, distraction comes from trying to take more than one day at a time, doesn't it? Just today. Give us this day our daily bread. And I'm thankful. That's a good uh, lead into the message that's on my heart. Um, The message today, the burden, the title God has given me, I can because He can. I want you all to remember that. When people say, what was the sermon on? And you know how people say that? I do it too. And we're like, "Uh, I don't know, but it was good. (laughs) I can because He can. Y'all can remember that. I want you to remember it the rest of your lives. I can because He can. We don't focus on that. We're sort of afraid of anything I related. But God has made you a person who is able to do things and to serve Him. And He's pleased with that. Don't be afraid of it. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the text you probably already figured out. Philippians 4.13 Now, I'm going to do something today that I don't usually do. I'm going to preach from that passage just based on what it says. And I'll talk a little bit about the context because the context isn't the way people usually use it. But I'm going to use it like people usually do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not a single amen. Maybe because you all are still turning to your Bibles. Philippians 4.13. Do you believe that? Let's be honest. I don't want some, some just motivation. I could get up here like I was in a locker room at halftime and try to get everybody motivated and it's going to fade. Human motivation is not enough. But do you believe that you can do anything with God's help? If you don't, I'm here to tell you that is what Scripture teaches. And I want the Holy Spirit, because He put it in my heart, to reawaken that truth inside of us, because most of us don't really live that. We don't really believe it. I can because He can. That's what Paul's saying. I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. Just briefly, because I never want to take something out of the scriptural context, I want you to understand, and this, this isn't the thrust of the message, but it's, it's a teaching moment. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, to uh, the congregation at Philippi, just a little letters, just four chapters. Uh, if you're still turning there after Galatians and, b- and before Colossians and Ephesians, he's writing them a letter. He's this congregation is one of the only ones that that had it right, and what they had right was love. And Paul told them in one place later in this letter, "You were the only ones who supported me financially." Not that I was worried about it, because God supplies everything I need, but I'm glad you did for your own blessing, because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be fed and taken care of. So this is the context. This is the letter from Paul to a congregation, and uh, what he's telling them, the context is, let me read 12th verse. I know both how to be a base and how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Uh, both to abound and to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Hmm. What would it take for us to really believe that? 
It's in my heart. Now, I know that life has struggle and difficulty, as I've already said today, and pain and hardship. I know that there's things we deal with that are beyond our power. That's, that's okay. But what I'm talking about is God has given us an opportunity in this life to serve Him, and He helps us. Colossians 1.11, just the next chapter over if you're reading in your Bible, Paul says this, Strengthen with all might according to His glorious power and all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Or in other words, that you might have great endurance and patience. How many of you need endurance in your life? Just this morning, people I know were saying that the enemy is attacking me hard. You know what you need to withstand the attacks of the enemy? Endurance and patience. Guess what? God gives it to you. His children... I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. People take that verse to mean like you can get rich if you want to or all this stuff. That's not the focus. The focus is whatever God needs you to do for His glory, His work, His purpose, He'll help you. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I don't want to say this part. I want to be very careful how I say it because I never want to come across as... as unnecessarily criticizing you know, people who don't need it. Um, and, and that's not my heart, but I've observed a theme among our ranks. Old-time Baptist. Such a fear of the world and modernism and everything related to the world that we also fear success. And this theme has, has um, affected probably all of us, and infected many of us. God never uses fear to motivate us or to get us to do something. We do that. We try to get people to be saved through fear of hell. God did. He doesn't use fear. He uses truth. He says the truth will set you free. He uses the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit Himself speaks to us and comforts us and leads us and directs us and guides us as His children. He never uses fear to prompt us. He, he leads. The enemy pushes. He says, come go with me. Come walk with me. The enemy puts this pressure to make us think we need to go do something on our own. God does it all through His power and His strength. But this culture... Now, we do live in a world where people have become very materialistic. There's no doubt about that. And the materialism of the world has infected congregations. And some congregations have become very materialistic. Just turn on the TV and you can see that. Or just... You can go down the road and go to some. And I'm not naming any names or pointing fingers. I'm saying, yes, that's a concern. But we don't need to operate on our heels out of fear. We need to operate looking toward Jesus. It's not about what they're doing wrong. It's about what does God want us to do. And He never wants us to be afraid. Here's what I want to tell you. We don't have to be afraid of success. We can do all things through Christ. And I'm tired of this notion that God is only able to be pleased with us if we're struggling. It's not biblical. I've been hearing it my whole life. And it's in the undercurrent. People don't actually come right out and say it in their sermons. But it's in the conversation before church. People talk about how, how hard things are and therefore God must really be pleased with them. Sometimes things are hard because of someone else's sin, because of 
people, and I mean, sometimes things are just hard because of Adam's sin. He broke the world. Sometimes things are hard because of your own decisions. Blaming everything on the enemy and using that as a sign that God is pleased with you is not, uh, it's not biblical. Now, does the enemy attack us? Absolutely. Does he sometimes make things difficult? Yes. But here's what I'm telling you. God has made us more than conquerors through Him who loves us. I don't know why we don't believe it anymore, but it's true. Now, let me get personal to this church for a minute. I don't believe God wants us to be in the same shape we're in five years from now. I don't. And I'm not talking about pumping something up or something fake. I'm telling you what I believe about my Lord. God wants us to be successful. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. we got to get away from this idea that success is something bad. It's not. I'll, I'll explain why. Now, what is bad is greed. Greed is bad. But I know as many broke people who are greed, greedy, probably more than rich people. Money doesn't corrupt. It just brings out what's in your heart. And we're not talking about money. We're talking about doing what God is pleased with. And we can because He can. Listen, we've got to get away from this culture that assumes we're only doing God's will if we're also struggling. That's not, it's just not in Scripture. And if it appears that a congregation is actually successful, I've noticed this, this tendency. Like The first thing is skepticism. They're successful. wonder what they're doing wrong. Have you all noticed that? It's weird. Instead of they're successful, wow, what are they doing that we're not? How are they serving the Lord that we're not? How are they open-minded that we're not? How are they willing to um, let go of their own traditions and customs that we're not? That's what I see and what I think the Lord wants us to see. I asked you a minute ago and I said I would define it. Do you believe God wants you to be successful? I do. And you don't have to be afraid of it. You keep your eyes on Him. God has made you who you are, and He will bless you with what He chooses to bless you with, and He will give you the capacity and the strength and the wisdom to handle it. He will. He's not going to bless you more than you need. You don't have to be afraid of the blessing of God. He's going to help you. Do you think God wants this congregation to be successful? Let me tell you, if you just look in the dictionary, here's what it says success is. The accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So when I say, does God want you to be successful in your life, in this congregation, in the world, does He want you to accomplish the aim and purpose that He's given you? You better believe it. If we're not here to accomplish an aim and purpose from Him, what are we doing? In, I mean that personally in your life. I mean it in my life. I mean it for this congregation. I mean it for the Lord's ecclesias as a whole. I mean it for all of His people. If we're not accomplishing the aim and purpose He put in our heart and taught us in Scripture, what's the point of any of it? Oh, nobody wants to come to church anymore. That's not true. It's not true. How many people have you actually invited lately? And I, I don't mean that as a criticism, but really. Have you invited thousands? How do you know they don't want to come? The accomplishment of an aim or purpose. What aim or purpose has God given His church, His ecclesia? 
to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, to baptize, to disciple. And then he says, lo, I'm with you always, even the end of the world. That's the aim and purpose God has given us. And he, he doesn't just expect us to be successful, we will be. The gospel will be preached in all nations before his return. Now, if we're not doing it here, somebody else will be. Because God is not a failure. He is successful. He does accomplish his aim and purpose. I don't want y'all to ever be afraid of success again after this message. Success is accomplishing the aim and purpose God put in your heart. That is how you serve him. And if you don't have a clear aim and purpose in your heart, you don't feel like He's given you by revelation something specific, look at Scripture. He's given us enough in Scripture to know how we should live. Love the world. Love people in the world. Don't love the world. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love everybody around you. That's clear. Teach people the gospel. That's clear. Love people. Stand for the truth. That's clear. You don't have to have inspiration to do that. And I'm thankful for it. We do struggle, and, I, and I'm, maybe some of y'all are better at this than I am, but I, I've wrestled with this my whole life, this um, uh, timidity when it comes to like being almost afraid of succeeding. Right? Because we're afraid of arrogance. Arrogance is a terrible thing. But you know what humility is? This is we don't understand. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility. C.S. Lewis said that. I'm not that smart, so I copy him. Success, or humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's not having a low opinion of yourself. It's not pretending you're dumber than you are or broker than you are or less able than you are. It's having... A focus on God and His purpose and the people so that you're not even... You know a truly humble person? They're not even thinking about themselves. David, when he defeated Goliath, was an example of scriptural humility. And it's coupled with absolute boldness to accomplish the aim and purpose that God put in his heart to defeat this enemy. He was successful and he wasn't ashamed about it. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He ran around like, like frantic. I picture him running around. He's a young man saying, what's wrong with you? Is there not a cause? How did you get this way? Why are you standing here quaking in your boots? How did you get so scared? Yeah, Goliath's big, but God's bigger. What happened to the people of... That's how I picture David. And I'm not making it up. That's how Scripture paints him. And then he goes and defeats this enemy of God. And he doesn't apologize for it. And he doesn't say, well, I'm just nothing and I can't do nothing and I, I ain't never going to be nothing. We already know that. Let's quit talking about it. Of course you're nothing. And you're not going to do anything without God's help. <laughs> but you can because He can. God's people don't talk that way. We do sometimes, but we didn't get it from God or His people. We got it from somebody saying something they shouldn't be saying. God will help us. He will supply our every need. He will give us what we need. Listen, Scripture doesn't condemn success. I already said this. It condemns greed. Scripture doesn't condemn wealth. Listen to me. Scripture does not condemn wealth. It condemns hoarding. 
your wealth. Paul wrote, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, but condescend to men of low estate. He didn't say, tell all the rich people to get broke. Did he? Who do you think God uses to help poor people? People with means. Or at least with enough to give away. You might not be rich according to worldly standards. We don't have to worry about it. If God blesses us, use it for Him. Scripture doesn't condemn money. Some people are afraid of money. All money is, I mean, the worst thing, it might have some germs on it, but it's just some kind of fabric paper and some metal. When it becomes bad is when your heart uses it to do things that shouldn't be in your heart. The problem is your heart, not money. Scripture doesn't condemn money. It condemns the love of money. That's what it says. It doesn't say the root of money, the, the money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root. You're not supposed to love money. You're supposed to love God. You know, money is a tool. Scripture doesn't condemn spiritual success. I don't know why we've gotten afraid of it among our people. We don't need to be. Scripture does not condemn spiritual success. You know what it does condemn? Apathy. Laziness. And it condemns fear. And really, a lot of these things that I'm talking about that are among us and shouldn't be in our people, I'm not really talking about you all specifically, but I've just... I've been around it my whole life. It's there. It's in the air. All of these things, they're really founded in fear. That's what it is. I'm afraid to be like that person over there, so I'm not going to try. You know what I believe? I've preached on diligence here recently. We should do our absolute best in everything we do. And the natural outcome of that is, is blessing. Not always financial, but people see when you're doing the best that you can. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do to the glory of God. We live that way? We can. We can. You can get excited about your next cup of water because you're so genuinely thankful that, God, you've given me this. Now, Scripture does condemn doubt and fear. Let's make it real simple. If God has clearly instructed you to do something, do you believe that He expects you to do it? We need to get back to actually believing that. If God has told you to do something, He didn't tell you just so you could be like, wow, that's tough, and then never do it. He tells us things to do that He expects us to actually do. And... I'll say this so there won't be any confusion, any chance of thinking I mean something I don't mean. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I'm talking about what God wants you to do, it's better than anything else in the world. It's not always easy, but it's easier than that. Talk to somebody who's tried living in the world, they'll tell you that. It's not always easy serving God, but it's a whole lot easier than not serving Him. And when it is difficult and when there is pain and when there is hardship, He gives us the strength for it. He gives us His strength for it. 
If God has clearly instructed you to do something or burdened you to do something or commanded you to do something, He does expect you to do it and He will give you the strength to and the wisdom and the capacity and the He'll do it. I've already mentioned we know what our Lord has commanded us as His churches. And I want to read this in case I misquoted it. The eleven disciples went away into Galilee. This is Matthew 28 into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And let's just, if you ever doubt, if you ever struggle, if you ever don't have enough faith, you're in good company. The very people who walked on the earth with God in human flesh, Jesus the Messiah, doubted still. It's okay. It doesn't mean it's not sinful. <laughs> it is sinful. But we're sinners. You're human. God knows about your weaknesses and He'll help you. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be, just be honest about it. When they doubted, Jesus came unto them and spoke unto them. Listen to what He told them. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's how He dispelled their doubts. You're afraid? You don't know how it's going to happen? All power is given me into heaven and earth. And here's what I'm going to do with it. Go ye therefore, in light of the power I have, you go... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We can because He can. That's the point. You don't have to be afraid of being able to because God, if you're able, He's going to do it. The strength will come from Him. And then you can give Him glory. And it'll be real and authentic. You can say, I don't know how I did this. God helped me. I couldn't have done it. Have y'all, some of you have lived that. Have y'all gone through things that you said, there's no way I could have made it through that except through God. And you know what's even more powerful? When people around you who don't yet know the Lord look at your life and that trial and that difficulty, that struggle, that pain, that suffering, whatever you're going through, and they say, I don't know how that person endured that. And then through your life, they see it was only through the grace of God. You can because He can. We can because He can. Now, let's focus on that for just a minute. I can. Just saying I makes some of us uncomfortable. It shouldn't. You don't have control over anything else other than yourself. You're the only person you can do anything with. And if we're honest, it's tough enough to do something just with this. I struggle. I haven't arrived. I've journaled most of my adult life and and every now and then I'll go back and find something I forgot I wrote from five or ten years ago. And every couple of years, I'm like focusing on the same things, trying to improve the same things, trying to... And it can be small things, like a target weight. And I'll, I'll have this, I want to weigh this number of pounds, and, and, and for the sake of being healthy and, and able, and able. And then, you know what? A couple years later, I forgot about that other one, and I make a new one, but it's five pounds heavier. <laughs> and it's like, it just keeps growing. And then it feels impossible. And that's just one little example. But it doesn't need to feel impossible because we're not doing it with our own strength, whatever it is. Now, let's talk about I can. Too many Christians focus too little on this. Can, any, well, if somebody, can anybody do this? I can. 
Why? Because He can. We're prone to focus instead on what we cannot do. There's a lot of things we can't do. We already know that. It's not a surprise. Let's not focus on it. We're prone to focus on what we can't do. We tend to focus on our own weaknesses as if that were some sort of surprise. Of course we have weaknesses. We're human. Quit talking about it so much. We already know you're weak. You already know I'm weak. We already know each other are weak. Of course we have weaknesses. And of course we're utterly weak, completely powerless, in fact, compared to the Lord God Almighty. But here's the beautiful thing about it. Your own weakness, my own weakness, is not an excuse for inaction. All God has ever used are weak people. Because that's the only kind of people who exist. Because that's part of the human condition. Our personal weakness has nothing to do... Listen. Your personal weakness has nothing to do with whether or not you can accomplish something. Because it's never been about your own strength. That's why we're uncomfortable with success. We think we have to do it on our own. And if you try to do it on your own, you will fail. Just like every failure diet you ever tried. Just like every time you tried to quit smoking. And that may not apply. I'm just giving examples. I've had smokers tell me that it's the hardest thing in the world. Mark Twain said, uh, quitting smoking is the easiest thing I've ever done. I've done it 137 times. I'm not, I'm not just trying to be funny. I'm saying we're weak and it's, it's okay. Because you can't do these things without God. But you can do them with God. Now let's be personal for a minute. Y'all told me last week I got on your toes. I didn't try to. But here's the thing. I have to preach what's on my heart or God's going to get on my chest. Which is a whole lot worse than being on your toes. You can't sleep when the Lord's presence is sitting right there letting you know you didn't do what you should have. So... There are things in your own life. Listen, I don't know what they are, but you do, and God does. There are things in your life that you need to do differently. Maybe you do need to lose some weight. Maybe you do need to work on, maybe you need a better job. Maybe, maybe you need to be more kind to people. Maybe there's some other thing you need to work on that I wouldn't even think of. Whatever it is, however many times you've tried... You can because He can. Make sure you try it with His strength. I've seen the enemy destroy all kinds of people. And it's heavy and heartbreaking and overwhelming and depressing. I've seen him destroy people. Sometimes he uses alcohol. Sometimes he uses other substances. Sometimes he uses the corruption in the world. Sometimes, he, sometimes he'll use success to destroy you. Sometimes, you know, some people, many people of God in this region, he's, I just want to be real, he's using food to destroy you. I'm not picking on you, but it's a problem. Because you don't need to die before your time. I saw my, my Aunt Carol. I loved her, and y'all, many of y'all knew her and loved her. In some ways, she was the most spiritual woman I've ever known. In some ways. And in some ways, she was a complete slave to her own weaknesses. 
And she lived the last years of her life stuck in a nursing home, not because God put her there, but because of a lifetime of decisions she made regarding what she put in her body. And it's, it, I'm not being mean. It's not no big deal. You understand? It matters because you matter, because we need you, because the Lord needs you for His work. You don't need to end your life early through bad decisions, through recklessness, through a lack of discipline, through a lack of love or self-love. Don't do it. And I'm talking to myself too. I've got some bad habits I'm trying to work out, like not sleeping. You can't, you can't, you can't thrive if you're not sleeping. The Lord knows. We can because He can. You don't have to worry about your own weakness. Paul says, I can. Not I might could. Not maybe I could. Not uh, maybe some. No. I can. Do. All things. Through Christ who gives me strength. This is what I love. You don't have to generate the strength on your own. There's been so many times in my life I've thought about something that needs doing and then my immediate sense is heaviness. I can't figure out how I don't have the money for that thing. I don't have the, the time. I don't, I'm one person. I'm not big enough, like literally, physically, like sometimes things need doing and I'm not even physically strong enough to do it. And I immediately think about that and then think, God can provide. Through Christ who gives me strength. You don't have to generate the strength on your own. It's not about your own strength at all. It's not about your willpower. If it were, if willpower were enough, if you could just will yourself to do that diet or drop that cigarette or stop talking ugly to people or stop being unkind, you could just do it with willpower, you wouldn't need Jesus. We need Him. Our very breath, everything about it. The strength doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from me. What we're talking about is supernatural strength from the Son of God Himself. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He's our Daddy. He loved us enough to adopt us. What did the prophet Isaiah say? I bet some of you have this memorized. If you do, you could say it out loud with me. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is the promise of God to His faithful followers. Quit worrying about your own weakness. It's not about what you can do. It's about what He can do through you. I can because He can. And Before I end this message, just a couple things that we can do. We can ask, seek, and find. We can actually have our prayers answered. Did you know, let me be clear, it is sinful to pray not believing that it can be answered. Did you know that? I do it all the time. 
I pray about something, I don't even really believe it's going to happen. You know what? That's not really praying. But try. Try to pray. It'll get better. Here's what Jesus said, Ask and it shall be given you. Wow! We've heard that so many times, it just right over our head, right in the, through, like we don't even ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh shall be opened. What man among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If ye then, being evil, know how to good give, give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? That puts it in perspective for me. I preached about this at Bethlehem a couple weeks ago. I've got this little girl that I love more than I knew was possible. Y'all who are parents... My mama came to our house a few days after she was born, Mary Grace. And big tears in her eyes, she looked at me and she just said, Now you know how much I love you. I never knew until then. Really. I thought I did. It's a love like... Now, imagine how you love your children and how you want only good things for them. And now imagine that you're infinite and sinless. You think God doesn't want to bless you. All I want for her is to have a good life. What is a good life? A life pleasing to the Lord with joy and excitement and adventure. God wants that for us. He never meant for us to get stuck in these traps of fear. He didn't make that. We did. We can let go of it because it's not from Him. Not only can you ask and have it answered and seek and, and find what you're looking for and have the door opened when you knock. Don't be afraid to knock. Here's something else we can do because he can. We can stand. We're in a generation. I don't mean an age group. I mean a, a, a epoch of time where it is more necessary than it's ever been that God's people stand. Paul writes this in his letter to the Ephesians, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. God gives you the power to stand. And I mean all of us. But all, especially the young ones. As you're growing up, you, it doesn't matter what the peer pressure says. It doesn't matter what the culture's doing. It doesn't matter what's going on on the internet or television or media. It doesn't matter what's going on in your school or your workplace. God expects you to stand. And He'll give you the strength. But you have to want to. He's not going to make anybody serve him that doesn't want to. And finally, and this you might think is an odd one, but it's not odd according to Scripture. We can fight. We can because he can. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Here, here, this, this part, I mean, is a rally call. And I wish I could... Um, motivate you in that way. But again, it wouldn't last. It's got to be from the Holy Spirit. But I'll just tell you the truth. We're in a battle. When God saved your soul, He made you a spiritual soldier, whether you wanted to be or not. He didn't just save you to give you a ticket to heaven. He saved you and conscripted you into a spiritual army. 
And we're in, we're in war. And the enemy is trying to destroy everything of God. And He, our Father in heaven, is greater. And He gives us the power to stand. And He gives us the power to pray. And He gives us the power to withstand these evil forces of darkness. He does that. Not if we don't want Him to. Not if we don't really care. Not if we're not really trying. But if we're trying, He'll help us. Here's what I want to close with. If we could get a song ready, Sister Jody, here in just a minute. I want you all to think about this. When you had little children, maybe some of you who have grandchildren now, you would have done anything for them. Anything to protect them. Wouldn't you? No, no question, give your life. It's not, it, it, there's just something there. It's not, you don't even need willpower. Right? It's built into being a, a parent. Now, here's, here's the thought I want to leave you with. Because this is on my heart. I'm old enough now, I think about the next generation. I think about uh, the legacy that we're leaving behind. I think about what kind of world we're leaving for our children. That's what I want to leave you with. Isn't it worth it? I know some of us get tired. I know some of us get weary. I know some of us, maybe some of you, the road's been long and you need a break. I realize all that. You're going to have an eternity long break one day. Keep on a little longer. It's worth it. I, I don't want the children coming up to think this is what church was meant to be. And I don't mean that with any criticism. But some of y'all who've been around know what I'm... I was saved in a service where there wasn't room to get to the altar because there were too many people in the floor praying. I don't think that day is over. I think God wants to do that more and again. And why shouldn't it be here? But it's going to take us believing it's possible and praying like we believe it and then doing what work is necessary with God's help. That's what it's going to take. That's why I preached what I did last week. It's time for us to grow up and be serious because there's a future and people who aren't even born yet and people who are born yet who need to hear the gospel and need to have the opportunity to live a life where they can serve God. And every decision we make is either contributing to that or the opposite. Do you know that? That's hugely encouraging to me. Every decision we make can actually make that more possible and better. I can because He can. We can because He can. Listen to this. We can because He will. (laughs) God bless you. That's the message.